welcome everyone to another broadcast of Authors First on the Artist First Radio Network. All past shows are archived. You can find them at artistfirst.com. And now here's your host, president of the Artist First Radio Network, Mr. Tony Kay. And welcome to another edition of Authors First. Great to have you on board. All broadcasts available free on demand 24-7 at Authors First. Artistfirst.com, the homepage where you will find just the most fantastic broadcasts covering every topic you can imagine. This hour, it's my privilege to introduce the author uh, of an interesting concept. Um, he has created a website entitled The White House is Fake. <laughs> I love it. The White House is Fake. 1957, Dwight Eisenhower started the biggest political secret. And to tell us all about it and the process of his thinking, Joseph McGee. That's M.C., capital G-E-E. Joseph, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's a well, pleasure. Well, the privilege is all ours. Thank you for your work. Uh, very creatively done. Uh, a little tongue-in-cheek, I believe, though, right? <laughs> so this book is uh, its kind of like eating butterscotch candy, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to tickle you for the first time. It's going to give you a twist. It's going to give you a punch. It's going to give you an adventure. So we'll still look out. Yeah, I mean, and uh, who, who would have thunk it? What a title. Yeah, you know, the title really came about, believe it or not. Um, this is actually on my back cover. Is I was driving down Interstate 84 in Connecticut. I'm from Connecticut. And, you know, an idea just went off in my head, and this book was accidentally wrote based on the concept of me just simply driving down the highway. Can you believe that? Well, let's see. There's 12 people who live in Connecticut. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, those of you from Connecticut. No packages in the mail to Tony <laughs> K. all right? Uh, but, yeah, it is God's country. It's a beautiful state up there, a lot of open area. And so you were driving through some fabulous wooded scene? Yeah, pretty much. And um, basically, what this is actually my second book. And it basically, my first book was nonfiction, so this was a whole different animal, if you will. I've never really wrote a fiction book before. But this book actually ties nonfiction with fiction, as you said in, in the the little uh, punch, it was 1957, yeah. Dwight Eisenhower started the biggest political secret. Now, what I do is, if you remember, in that same year, in 1956, 1957, Dwight Eisenhower built the National Federal Aid Highway Act, which was about 41,000 miles of highway. Well, that's real. And he actually built that. Initially, was for the military use for the roads, but then it became public use. And I tied my fiction around that, and it's quite the adventure. It sounds like it. And, you know, for those of you who uh, lived during that period or near it, uh, you'll recognize a lot of the things you talk about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because, you know, when I was growing up, I remember when that, when that happened. I, I mean, I'm that old. <laughs> 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 oh, gee. And, yeah, and so, but I was riding a bicycle through what was uh, – a beautiful countryside at one time, and then they they came in big equipment and bulldozed uh, and created these massive highways. And uh, as uh, having some uh, American Indian heritage in me, uh, I was uh, quite taken and upset by that. Oh, sure, sure. 
sure. I thought that was a huge federal or state land grab that they were taking away from us. So, uh, but the bill did, uh, of course, it was a highway act, so they had to take land. You got to have land if you're going to have a highway, right? Correct, yeah. And so farmers uh, had their properties cut in half. Uh, uh, highways uh, came up within some reasonable uh, 40 feet away from the front porch of your house. Uh, and, and all kinds of strange configurations uh, occurred. So uh, so did, did this begin then as a historical study for you? you? You started off saying, oh, here's the Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956. You know, it, it really was, it was really about, I did a little, you know, fact diving, if you will. So I really, that, that's kind of how the story starts. And then it kind of shifts gear is in Chapter 1, um, it's called A Few Good Men. And I have, a, you know, a couple of Tom Cruise, Cruise references about the movie A Few Good Men. This book takes place in Alexandria, Virginia in 1992 is where it kind of begins. So my prelude talks about the Federal Aid Highway Act. Then it goes to 1992 where Nelson Conrad was fishing one day in a local pond in Alexandria, Virginia, and he walked along the side of the road. He noticed a DOT truck parked along the side of the road. A gentleman was outside the DOT truck whirling his finger in the air, talking to someone on a microphone, or or walkie-talkie, rather. Nelson Conrad thought that was very interesting, so he decided, like any curious man would, well, I'm going to watch what's happening. So he quick, quick, basically quickly ran up into the woods, blended in with a tree line, and he watched. Uh, basically what happened was out of a tunnel emerged a U.S. Marine, Secretary of Defense, um, a NATO officer, and they came out of this secret tunnel, and they had a secret meeting, and moments later a limo came and took them away. That basically started a, a bigger conspiracy uh, from that point, and the story kind of goes deeper from that point. Uh, in other words, it's a military, the uh, uh, underlying true story is yeah. it was for military governmental purposes that we needed this highway structure to be able to support an infrastructure for them, for the military. Correct. Very nice. Yeah, so I did, So that's kind of how I start with the story, and then from there he just basically... Let's say he gets in a little bit more uh, trouble than he wants to get in, and, and things go a little bit sour from there. Well, fortunately, I think there are enough of us who still believe that our government doesn't bother telling us much of what they do. <laughs> <laughs> they sort of just do what they do, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was uh, some of the unmining that you uncovered. And then there's a huge economic cost. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, into the billions. Oh, absolutely. So uh, what we think starts off as a relatively innocuous, innocent, let's, you know, oh, gosh, we need a bigger road. Right. Uh, turns into something we can't fathom, a monster. But from there, though, I'm not really, I, I call myself a creative author. I'm not really a traditional author. And what I mean by that is when I wrote this book, Every time I write something on a piece of paper, I visually see it in my mind. So I wanted to take it one step further. And what I did is actually this book came out on 10.1 on Amazon. Um, and it's available at thewhitehouseisfake.com. And prior to its release, in August 19th, I actually made a quick film promo with certain actors reenacting certain chapters of the book. So I got permission. We got a limo to come to reenact the scene I just described. We we were at a police department. We were 
um, at an airport. We were all over the place, and these promo videos kind of went out in August, and it gave me about a good two months of promo and, and really advertising what I'm trying to convey, and then I released my book. So what that's kind of how I go about doing things is I do this promo with the video. It's a professionally vi- uh, filmed uh, video. Hey, a picture says a thousand words, right? Absolutely. You know, if you can capture their attention long enough with a one-minute spot that's visual, and then, wow, oh, i got to get that book. You know, there's yep. anticipation. It's yeah. been working well, and that's kind of how I think I'm doing. My, my third book is called Letters for Annie, Memories from World War II. It's about real World War II letters, and I'm doing it traditionally in the same way. That's coming out later this year. And I'm actually filming again. I'm going to be filming in June and July. I'll be on the... Battleship uh, Massachusetts, BB-59, we got permission to film on there. And I'll be on the destroyer, DD-850, in, um, in Fall River, Mass. So, again, I'm doing that creative side of things as I'm telling my story, story not only on paper but visually. And I think that really separates me with some of the traditional authors. Yes, Joseph, M-C-G-E-E, the author, but the website for you audience the white house is fake.com that's easy to remember right the white house is fake.com the website available now in paperback there's an interesting uh trailer that we've just discussed the white house is fake official trailer yep. by random film but don't click that while trying to listen to this interview <laughs> you know it'll mess things up for you all right uh after the show obviously take our file and share it with everyone you know they'll have a lot of fun with this guest this book and the quality of the material uh, you're very modest you write very well how long have you been at it so um, I'm actually fairly new to the game. I actually started writing um, just in 2016. I've always had a passion about it. In high school, my uh, English teacher was Miss Krantz, and you know, during the last paper, which I believe was something like 70, 80% of your grade, I mean, I got outstanding remarks, and she really wanted me to do something with my craft. I kind of just shrugged my shoulders and didn't really do anything, but... I'm a, basically, I'm also a leadership uh, consultant. I speak around the world. I speak in Prague, Czech Republic, London, England. And that's really where it started is I'm a technical leadership writer, so I would prepare training materials. And in late, I'd say October 2016, is I decided to start writing my nonfiction book called Leadership Lessons Inspired by a Six-Year-Old, which talks about yeah. transparencies of raising children and raising corporate teams. That was my first book that just came out in November 2016. And then this book, The White House is Fake, was by accident just by traveling down the road. Nice. What a good time you're having. And that must be why your material is so fresh and conversational. Absolutely. Because you write like you would be speaking, you know. Yes, yes. And and that makes it entertaining and fun and uh, real. Uh, and so uh, thank you for applying your skill and gift in this fashion. You'll get, you know, you find your voice too, right? The more you write, uh, you know, that's why I, I asked. There's, there's a backdrop here of you working in a technical field, making the complex understandable uh, in a field where research and background matters and bringing all of that together to your literary skill. And in a couple of years, you've really done a great job putting together a package. The website is great audience. You'll love the trailer when you get a chance to see that. And the topic is uh, 
right right in time apropos <laughs> you know because how often it is. you know you get these big government projects that start and you, you think that oh it's a great idea for now but you never believe that it's going to be happening 200 years later or 150 years later they're still doing it you know uh, you think it's a short gap fix it and then it'll be done but it becomes a permanent part of the infrastructure of our <laughs> daily lives you know and uh and so uh in 1957 uh, uh dwight uh eisenhower modified the act to include presidential protection act how does that work yeah so basically what happens is as i described earlier on is nelson conrad he's the one who basically follows the truth and he actually discovers that this whole uh, smoke and mirrors, if you will, was basically called the Presidential Protection Act. And what that really means is in the same year, the, basically the intent of the building the highways was, um, you know, think of it as a cover-up. Think of it as, and you probably hear this on the news, oh, you know, that's not a steakhouse. They sell fi illegal fireworks there or something like that, right? So this was a cover-up where, yeah, you know, we're building highways, but we're doing something much bigger and what the much bigger is is the Presidential Protection Act. That's that's the whole kit and caboodle. That's really what he was doing. Obviously, that's fiction. But I'm using the Presidential, or I'm using the uh, National Federal Aid Highway Act as my nonfiction. My fiction is the Presidential Protection Act, where he's basically. I don't want to give too many spoilers away with no, the book, no. but let's just say that it's an act that really is a game changer that he's been lying to the American people since 1957, and every single government after him has been doing the same. Yeah, well, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what a great way to do it, though. You know, and that's, that's what's fun about the book, uh, available in paperback. Now, what about uh, the, the Kindle? It, it is on Kindle as well, on Amazon as well, Amazon.com and Amazon UK. Yeah, a lot of uh, authors are gaining success that way. You yeah. know, you get started, it's an inexpensive method, and then when they begin reading, they're like, oh, man, i got to get the paperback. Yeah, and see, for me, I'm, I'm kind of more of that guy that I want to hold it, I want to touch it, I want to feel it. So paperback, for, and, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a techie guy, but for me, I, there's something about a book that, you know, just massages your hands and you really want to dive into it, but that's just me, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I, I still have a huge library, and, and my wife's, when are you going to get rid of your book? I'm never going to get rid of my book. <laughs> you know what are you talking about? Are you kidding me? That's like saying, you know, one day I'll trip, and I'll fall, and my, my nose will end up in a corner, and I'll say, oh, man, and I'll pull that book out, and pretty soon I'm like, in it, look out. <laughs> so I love having my own library, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and if I go to a public library, well... My wife will warn people, hey, he, he, may be dis he may disappear for a few hours. <laughs> you know, he'll vanish. Uh, and I'm old school. I, the, the, all the old, we didn't have computers. You know, we had to do everything the hard way. Uh, today, it's at your fingertips, a lot of stuff. But not everything. Come on. You know, I don't see little minions out scanning <laughs> all of the stuff in the libraries and making sure they're in actually online. And I know that, unfortunately, we have a body of people out there in the world who think that if it's that that everything, every bit of knowledge that was to be learned could be found. Just Google it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely right. 
and uh, and that's unfortunate. That, uh, that and and eventually they're going to get the, the truth that will be shattered, or they'll live in the delusion. You know, I guess if you have enough bad information, you can live in delusion <laughs> and never <laughs> and never come out of it. So, because you find it being reinforced over and over again. Uh, writing, finding a topic that you love that excites you, uh, it just happens randomly. You're driving down the road one day, and the next thing you're, do you think that you have a series here that you're going to continue in this theme? You know, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that question. And, and I, I'm really a big believer and really big fan of, you know, conspiracy movies, political thriller, government, you know, shutdown type of style. So, I would probably say, yeah, in the near future, there would probably be something uh, right up that alley. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, right now, Next is going to be more of a kind of a nonfiction, untold story of the Lombardo family letters for my next book, Letters for Annie, Memories from World War II. But beyond that one, I'm actually, in my head, accidentally stumbled on another story that I'm going to make another book in 2019 after Letters for Annie is done. It's called Reflections, and it's a sci-fi type of a book and probably maybe beyond that maybe i'll get back to my uh my conspiracy type books be careful it could end up you know as a 12-part series you it know. very well could then be. you'd have to have season two now you're really in trouble <laughs> yeah you might want to write three seasons before you <laughs> before you get that far but you love the video a part of it making these videos oh you know i love the <clears throat> i love the videos but um not just the videos is i'm actually going full spectrum here is we did the videos um, I don't know if you saw or heard, but I actually have my own original theme song called The White House is Fake. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Play right now. It's on Spotify. It was written by a Bronx, a New York rapper called Easy the Mogul, and he was actually in my film. He played Nelson Conrad in my films, and we've been cross-promoting ever since. So he's a rapper. I'm an author. Cross-promoting, you would think, would be polar opposites, but it actually really works out well. Is you know, people that... May not read the book, but may listen to his music, may want to get the book, and vice versa. I, I didn't get it. You didn't send it to me. See? Oh, you know, it's, um, yeah, I did. I think I emailed uh, one of the, um, this was later on, the DJ email address. Well, well it'll it? be in the library. We'll find it. Yeah, we'll get so it out it's out there. there right now. It's called The White House is Fake, and it's about a two-minute theme song, and it's uh, by Easy the Mogul. He's the one that's basically um, singing the song. He's the one that wrote the song for me. Very nice. Uh, you know, that type of collaboration, finding a good publisher, if you're not self-published, finding the right artistic people to put your package together, the artwork, the cover work, all of it is a website, getting that design. It's an entrepreneurial enterprise for every author to get their book launched, to get it out there. Yes. And uh, what was that proce process like for you? You know, that's a great question, and it can be a little scary, maybe overwhelming, because, you know, um, I'm going to throw this out there. A lot of people don't know this about me, is um, many authors out there, what they usually do is they'll write the book, then they'll worry about cover, you know, things like that. I, I do it the opposite, is the White House is fake. The entire story was in my head right, right when it hit me, so I knew where I was going with it. So every time I, I do a book, I focus on the cover first, which is unusual, and then I do the book. Um, that's kind of how my style is. So I work on the cover, uh, what I want to portray, what I want to show, get the book finalized, you know, get it off to the editor, get it finalized, and, you know, get, obviously beta readers, that type of thing. So it's so, quite the process, though. So. Yeah, I mean, for you, though, that capturing that 
that connecting theme and having it on your cover, making it a part of that is like a guiding light. You know, it, yeah, it's always yeah. shining that it keeps you centered or focused on on uh, that part of the illumination. Absolutely. And for those who haven't seen the cover, it's on the White House is fake dot com. But basically what it is, is for those who haven't seen it, it's this highway. Actually, this highway background that you see in here, we were actually standing here. This is actually a real picture that I took from Weathersfield, Connecticut, under the highway. So this has a very personal meaning. And we superimpose some of these characters into the cover so there's a dot truck in it there's like an underground uh like cellar door and there's a few military or swap policemen with a man with a red tie who appears to be uh some type of government official and or president so that's really what the book is portraying is well why is this guy being protected by armed guards why is the dot truck here what's in the tunnel and then you see the white house is fake so that title alone and, and that picture i think really wants people to really read the book to really want to know what's happening and i think that's what i like portraying is to give that uh give the cover a purpose but have it ask you questions and have you it would want the readers to open up the book and i think that's what i like portraying well you're at the website the white house is fake.com yeah now you'll see the top row select buy now and you'll see click the cover. it and the cover will come up, and you'll see a beautiful image of it and uh, exactly what our author is describing in this artwork. And the uh, political machinery, the guns, uh, the, the construction equipment, all of the elements, uh, the door mysteriously going somewhere, who knows for what, uh, all of this uh, shows the intrigue of uh, this you know, it's it's like a spy novel in a sense, right? I mean, uh, many of the themes of this secret culture, secret uh, things going on under the guise of something else. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny how you mentioned it as kind of like a spy kind of book. Is I actually had a one of my readers, one of my beta readers, uh, basically say it's the best book they've read since Tom Clancy. So it does have that little bit of uh, intrigue and a little bit of spy and conspiracy in there, and. And there's a lot for everyone, no matter what you like, adventure, suspense, intrigue. You know, you want the good guys to win. You know, you want, you want everyone to really find this, this truth out. So it's got a little, bit of, a little bit of everything for everyone in this book. What about sex, you know, and, and uh, you know, we, we got an, is any women being abused by the men uh, or vice versa? Come on, uh, S&M, well, what's okay. happening? Let, let, me lay, let me lay this down for you. So, um, unfortunately... Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with sex. I'll, I'll be the first to say that. But in this particular book, there unfortunately there is no romance. There's no sex. However, there is one part um, I'm going to kind of spring up real quick. Is anytime you have an editor, sometimes you you kind of clash heads. And there was basically a part in my book that the editor really wanted me to reword it because they felt offended as a woman. And um, you know, I can kind of see their point of view. But basically, I'll kind of give you just a quick Reader's Digest version of what that was, is there's a scene where Nelson Conrad goes to a bar to meet his friend Alex, and Alex works at a power plant, and basically Nelson Conrad discovered where this tunnel is, and he has suspicion that there's cameras that are watching him. So he was hoping his buddy Alex could shut the uh, power off on that one particular sector. And he was basically 
you know, contemplating, well, what's the real reason you want me to do this? Now, of course, Nelson can't say, you know, I'm on to this big thing. He doesn't want his friend to get hurt, so he makes up a story. And he says, well, you know, my friend's mom was basically going down this road, and she saw a baby carriage on the side of the road, and she stopped her car. She got outside. There was no baby in it, but a bunch of guys, you know, jumped me and, and you know, raped me, and he took my dignity. Well, almost raped me and took my dignity, but I had some pepper spray, and the cops didn't do anything about it, and that's the part she didn't like that. This woman almost got raped. Cops didn't do anything about it. She recommended me changing it that somebody was up on the highway throwing water balloons and caused my car to crash into the woods. So I really wasn't feeling that. So things like that. I mean, it's a made-up story, but it's a made-up story that I really believed made the story more believable from a guy's point of view. So stuff like that. Well, where are we in time? Are we talking about 1957, the way Dwight Eisenhower would be talking? This, no, this or are would we be 19, 92. In 1992, because the truck on the picture is from 1997. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you're right. I mean, you have to put things in context. Exactly. Uh, now, if you're putting it in a 1956 context of uh, men, women, children, uh, uh, other nationalities, uh, uh, the... the uh, Asians being quarantined at, like cattle because of their uh, possibility that they are spies from China. Uh, or are we talking about the Cold War and now it's the Russians and rounding them up? You know, so there's a mentality if in historical context that may be distasteful, certainly to our sensibilities. But, you know, I remember reading when people actually used guns and shot each other and uh, pulled out knives and stabbed each other to death. Yeah, sure. Come sure. on. Everything has a, a context. Uh, and for us to act as if it doesn't would be wrong, especially as a writer. Sure. So you begin with a historical, factual kind of thing, and you take that and fictionalize to this other, uh, and it becomes the biggest political secret. And there's more to the book than just that, because um, when you read it, it's the title can be elusive, because in the book, I actually put a lot of um, elements that are very personal to me. You know, you hear about a lot of authors that, you know, make characters based on themselves or make things, you know, based on, you know, your life. So there's a little bit of supernatural in there, and the main character changes, um, I would say, almost mid-book. So... I do some interesting things with that. I don't want to, you know, give too much away, but, you know, things like that really excite me is the way I'm able to do that and, and really tell a story in, in, in a different way using, you know, supernatural um, type of stuff. And then in my new book, Letters for Annie, there's going to be some supernatural things in there as well. So there's going to be a theme in there. And, uh, you know, I think it's really exciting just the way you can kind of develop the characters based on your personal experiences. So uh, did you have to copyright or trademark? I mean, come on. Uh, fake is in the news every day. You know, <laughs> uh, the White House is in the news every day. How in the world did you get the White House is fake as a title? That well, is... you know, it's funny you ask me that. It's a lot of people say, Joe, I don't want to read another Trump bashing book. And um, I actually, my illustrator who helped me do this cover, he actually had Trump's face in this uh, cover. And, I, and, you know, I could legitimately use it and I you know I wouldn't get sued or and it was completely my own image but I'm like well the book's really not about Trump it's 92 to 2016 
when I mentioned about shifting the characters, is the book changes from 1992 to 2016 and kind of ends at, at later in 2016. Um, so basically the title, you know, this wasn't the original title either, and I can't really say what it is because it's going to kind of give away part of the plot. But this is my second choice, and I think it was the right choice because it really leaves that open-ended question unasked, like what could it be, what could it mean? And when you read it and you finally read it to the end, there's going to be something that you may or may not miss. I'll leave it like that. A lot of people have missed it, and when they read it at the end, they were really surprised. So look out for that, guys. That's what we love. We love the surprise. That's what keeps us turning the pages and asking When's the sequel coming out? <laughs> Don't leave me hanging like this. Uh, and, of course, you could have done something fun. Uh, you could have had uh, Trump on one side and, and Hillary on the other side, you know, <laughs> and, you know, the two sides of every coin, right? The, yeah, the it could have been a little dark there. It could have been a little dark. Yeah, so you could have, you know, the yin and the yang, you could have got us coming and going, you know. <laughs> Uh, and uh, 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 but you did have fun with this story. Oh, I yeah. mean, uh, 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 having a mystery, having this underlying tension, things uh, uh, perceived by the public to be one thing in reality have these other uh, uh, uses and purposes. Yeah, and not only that too. In the book is, um, I would probably say, you know, out of the reviews that I've seen, and you know, out of you know some of the close friends that have read it. There's a few Easter eggs in the book, too, is, and I think not everyone's found them all. So, guys, uh, let's, let's look for these Easter eggs. Maybe you can find some. So there are some in there. Um, I probably have maybe four or five in there. Um, can't really allude to what they are, but I, I, I like kind of planting things like that into the book. Run the contest. Put it on your website. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. That's give a great the, idea. Give them the, don't give them the teasers, but tell them that, you know, what, that there's a number of these... Uh, uh, nuanced um, uh, things you should be uh, paying attention to, and if you if you are fortunate enough to capture all of them, you'll receive some some gift. Absolutely, a, a signed book or something. A visit to the White House. Well, you don't have to go. That's <laughs> that that costs too much. <laughs> Just sign the book and send it to him. Hey, well, I, yeah. didn't say, I didn't say it was a real way out. Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, oh, I see. You have these little statues, these little Absolutely. figurines, like Monopoly. It's exactly. been like a Monopoly, and it's here's the fake White House. Here you go, <laughs> and that's and so the, now you have your merchandising. Okay, so you have your T-shirts, you have your Monopoly game size White House, you have you know all of the things. You have the coins, you know, that have both sides. Uh, covered so what fun it, it just it just grows into uh, that type of entrepreneurial enterprise you, you know you have uh, something that you've written that's beautiful that's fun that's imaginative and people are loving it and now uh, others want to associate with it on a broader level or tell other people about it so I think it would be fun to have the White House is fake t-shirt you know, and then the subtitle or something. But, any, you know, why not? I actually already have T-shirts. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, you're way ahead of me. Yeah, I got the song. I got the T-shirts. I got bookmarks. We're, See? we're really going going hard here. You got to have it all today. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and, what fun, and then the fan club. Then everybody on Facebook, you know, you can do the author's 
uh, on Facebook. You can send out your free press releases to cabillions of people. It's a great world that we live in. And thank you, audience, for joining us uh, for, from around the planet. I, I'm, I think uh, Tony K dropped the ball here. Um, I should be going to a commercial break. So uh, hold your breath. Take your time. We'll be back uh, in a moment, okay? So stick and stay. I'll be right back in two minutes, I think. Hi, this is June Trope. Check out my new book, The Deadliest Sport, available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And please visit my website, JuneTrope.com. And you are listening to the Artist First Radio Network. There is a Reaper is the story of five-year-old Christopher Aaron and his life-changing struggle with leukemia. Winner of both the Indie Bragg Medallion as well as the reader's favorite silver medal for memoir. There is a Reaper has more than 100 Amazon book reviews and a five-star rating. It has been described as life-changing, spiritual, a must-read. Just released on Audible and iTunes, this memoir is also available in paperback and on Amazon Kindle for only 99 cents. Get your copy of this life-changing memoir today. Hi, this is Angela Champ, author of It Depends, Employee Relations Case Studies for Human Resources Professionals and Students. Check out my book at www.angelachamp.com. And you are listening to the Artist First Radio Network. While sailing a distance from shore, a riptide rocks your boat. Comparable to the legitimate anguish that you will likely encounter when you have cared for and lost someone you love, the riptide catches you unaware and leaves you feeling shaken. In fact, if you're like many caregivers, you may find that you lack the proper avenues to safely express your grief. Reflections from the Soul was written to speak directly to you if you have cared for and lost someone you love. Please visit caregiversupportservices.org to order your copy today. Thank you for joining Authors First, Tony Kay, on the Artist First Radio Network, artistfirst.com. Be sure to share our content with everyone you know on your social network sites. Questions or comments, please send them to our guests. We've provided links to their websites to purchase their books and CDs, and be sure to thank them for spending time with us at artistfirst.com. Let's go back to our guest. How you doing, Joseph? I'm doing well. It's a process, a journey, becoming an author, assembling your ideas, formulating them, writing them down, having a manuscript, and trusting other people to read it, to editorialize it, capturing the talents of others to have the same vision that you have, pulling it all together, a website that's dynamic, Thank you for all your hard work in putting this project together. The White House is fake.com, the website. A lot of fun, a great read. You're going to enjoy it. 
And you just get better and better at this uh, writing process and feeling more confident about the journey. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, I think it's, you know, something that was really never intended for me to really go down this path, but something I'm very passionate about, something I believe, and I think it's something that probably for many years will be uh, my choice of uh, really putting together great books for all the, the listeners and readers around the world. You try to do it every day now? Well, I'm um, in the process of still working on my finalizing my third book. So that's still kind of a, this one's probably my most challenging book because this particular book really wasn't my idea. As a, a coworker of mine that I used to work with kind of mentioned the book, and he's really not an author, he doesn't really write, but he had a vision, he had these letters, and he asked me to take this project on. So unlike the other books, these ideas aren't in my head. So what I'm doing is I'm using these letters that really happened to really tell a story about uh, three brothers from the Navy, the Lombardo family, one brother from the Army, and I really want to really tell their story as close as I can, but I'm going to actually add some fiction, some suspense, some romance to really make the story a little bit more intriguing, a little bit more enjoyable, but I'm using facts that are known based on the letters. So that that's probably pre- right now my most challenging thing is really working on that particular book because it's really not my idea. I'm actually creating something. And I think I love doing that irregardless whether it's my idea or someone else is pitching me an idea, just really running with it, and I really love doing that. Yeah, but are you worried that uh, someone might uh, think that the fiction is real? <laughs> well, there could be, and there's a lot, of, a lot of things that I'm putting in here that um, I'm actually going to have kind of a glossary in the back that really talks about some of the operations that are real, like Operation Raincoat, that's real. Um, you know, Operation, uh, what are some of the other ones? Operation Rainbow, um, there's a few different operations that are real that are in the Navy and the Army, and I'm actually making up a few ones like Operation Merchant. That's fake. So in the back, I'm going to kind of spell it out, but it's going to sound very believable because what I'm doing is I'm making these events that are feasible, that they could happen, and I'm tying some things around it that would allude that it could really happen, things like that. Oh, come on. You can have so much fun with acronyms. Oh, yeah. You know, the government loves acronyms, you know. Absolutely. Just just letters in a row that mean this great big umbrella of stuff that's underneath it, right? But you know what's funny, though? A quick funny story that, as I mentioned in my White House's fake book, the tagline is, in 1957, Dwight Eisenhower started the biggest political secret. How funny is this, is that in the new book, Pat Lombardo, who is in the 5th Army, the 6th Armed Division, he actually was a personal bodyguard to General Eisenhower before he became president. So there's a tie-in there, accidental tie-in with Eisenhower is going to be in my third book now. Very nice, very nice. So things like that, they happen for a reason. They do, and then you'll have it all on your website. And, Absolutely. And now you have a family of products and uh, a, a topic theme that would identify you as the author. That's great. That's the way it's done, you know. Uh, and and uh, it takes time. You just build. And uh, Now, in your spare time, you manage a blog, yeah, so in my spare time, uh, back to my leadership roots, uh, mcgeeleadership.com is my leadership website. jmcgeebooks.com is all my books are on there, but on mcgeeleadership.com is I try to do monthly podcasts. And back to my leadership roots, so I'll, I'll actually interview people. I actually did a podcast called Making Proper Connections, 
I put out an inquiry. I want to know how you make a first impression last. What are your, some of your techniques? So I interviewed salespeople, recruiters. That's actually how I found Easy the Mogul, the Bronx rapper. He came to me. He saw my podcast. He came to me. So I went down to the Bronx. Or actually, I went down to Harlem first, did the first interview. I came to him. I'm from Connecticut. I went to Harlem, interviewed him. He was like my fifth one. And then as we're talking, as we're leaving, um, as the universe would have it, I actually told him about the White House is fake. I was writing it at the time, and I was actually making a movie out of it. He was very interested. That's how him and I met, and we've been kind of cross-promoting since. So I still do a little bit of leadership now. I'll do seminars you know, locally and around the world. Why not the Indians? <laughs> Why not the Indians? Come on, you're a Boston uh, fan. <laughs> I just had yeah, to throw that yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I am a Boston fan, and, you know, it's, um, you know, I do spend a lot of time in New York, though, because we do a lot of podcasts down in New York. I do a lot, actually, many different topics, though. We've done one on, um, you know, coaching, baseball coaches, even, and, and, you know, leadership coaches and corporate coaches. Um, so that was my primary passion was leadership, and that's kind of how it got me to write my first book, now my second book, White House is Fake, and on to my third book now. I, I love the book cover, once again, for leadership lessons inspired by a six-year-old. Yeah, well, the apple. Yeah, that is so cool and so just right on target, especially <laughs> with the uh, Boston uh, Red Sox T-shirt, you know. Yeah, that yeah. That just kind of fits right together. <laughs> well, the leadership cover, there's actually a meaning behind that, how that, that apple is kind of bitten, I think, on the right side. Yeah, that's right. There, there's a meaning behind that. And the right way I, choose, I chose that cover is uh, my daughter, who was six at the time when I wrote it, uh, based on her stories, is she would always love to spoil her appetite, whether junk food or fruit or otherwise. And she'll basically try to, you know, have a, either a snack or a fruit or strawberries. She'll bite it, and then I'll kind of see her in the corner of my eye, and she'll put the fruit back, which inspired that that big chunk missing. Like, <laughs> I got you, right? So. There is a meaning to that. That's that's why I can't, came up with a bitten apple. Yeah. So you have to spend a certain amount of time driving from place to place, meeting, speaking, uh, and and uh, creating material. Well, that's the beautiful thing about it is you know um, a lot of authors talk about you know authors blog and I traditionally don't have that, but I think my mind works a little bit differently. Is a lot of people might you know see something a hundred times and it might finally click, but. What I like about me is I, my eyes wander. I see things that the natural eye does not see. As an example, I was in Middletown, Connecticut. I love old buildings, the way the archi architecture, the lines. And one day in traffic, I happened to look up. Probably about four stories up, there's a, there a child in a window. And I'm sitting at a traffic light. He's waving at me. I'm waving back at him. How many people do you think saw that kid that day? Probably maybe me, maybe one other person. You've got to start looking for things that aren't naturally in front of you. And that really helps with your story. It really gets your mind creative. It really opens up doors. It's too hard to buy the book, but I did find <laughs> it. I, I'm on Amazon. Okay. There it yeah, is. Leadership it is. Lessons Inspired by a Six-Year-Old Paperback, released November 9th of 2016. Yep. You can get your paperback for 11.25. Buy 10 and gift as many people as you can. Go ahead and spend 100 bucks. You have my permission. And get this kind of information out there because uh, when you find a quality author at this kind of price, you want to share it. You want other, other people to know about it. And, uh, and that's the great fun about finding a quality author like Joseph McGee, M-C-G-E-E. -E. 
Leadership Lessons Inspired by a Six-Year-Old. You're going to love that book. Now, that was on Amazon. You got five stars. People are loving it. And that's true of, of, of uh, your other materials. You're getting all kinds of accolades for your writing. So congratulations on putting together meaningful, useful, teachable moments uh, of principles that people can can relate to and and hopefully pass on to others. I mean, that's uh, that's what it's all about, right? Absolutely. Passing on, sharing sharing what we what we know and what we can do. So McGeeLeadership.com, the website. Uh, M-C-G-E-E, leadership.com, the website. You can learn more, buy your book, just follow the links, okay? You've got podcasts, too, so you've done this before. Yes. Yeah, and uh, and that's a fun uh, asset to have, uh, these interviews, because, uh, wow, I mean, we're getting firsthand knowledge of the backdrop to why you began writing to begin with and what set you off on this uh passionate journey and all of the uh, access materials that you've created along that these uh, these little mini commercials the the videos and and now the podcasts uh, for people to be able to listen on demand uh, interviews with you and others uh, for directly from uh, the site covering uh, different topics such as coaching yeah, and it's also on uh, iTunes podcast, McGee podcast series as well. I can't wait to share it. My daughter and a brother or, and uh, son-in-law are both now uh, coaches. Uh, our granddaughter is uh, eight years old. I think it's softball, and I'll be anxious to share uh, this leadership link and your episodes uh, with them. Yeah, real quickly, I'll share you my personal quote on leadership real quick, and you'll get a kick out of this. This is my own quote. Leadership is much like an unfinished art project. It's defined to a, to a degree, but always a work in progress. In order to obtain one, uh, one's attention, lines need to be drawn by using abstract colors. That's my own personal quote. So doing what you love, you've got to have your own personal quote. Well, and we would hope those who aspire to higher office serving our country would um, be thinking that way, but often they're not. <laughs> or uh, maybe they are, and we don't get it. In <laughs> uh, a combination thereof, I'm sure, right? Absolutely. Uh, uh, that we, we ultimately do have to uh, bestow on others certain authority to take action and to uh, make decisions that we uh, can't all make collectively together because we'd never have a decision. And so you have some of that going on in your book, right? The White House is fake. I do, yeah, absolutely, and, and it's really exciting because it, this was my um, my first fiction book, and it was you know definitely a different process for me because I've never really written any fiction in any form, whether short or long, other than what's in my head. You know, I haven't really put it on paper, so this was my first, and then it's kind of like you're you know having something you're really proud of, and you could see it every day, and people are really going crazy about it right now, and I'm I'm loving how people are really connecting to the story. And that's what makes the blog interesting, too. Right? Yeah. Because it's a way to stay connected. Let people, you know, not everyone who reads it, you might have 100,000 readers and, and maybe 50 people comment. You know? Right, exactly. And uh, that's the same with radio. I've listened all my life, and <laughs> I think I've called a radio station twice, and I'm a lot older than you. So it, that's how it is. You listen, you get information. It doesn't mean, it may mean you're influenced by it and you're inquisitive and you seek out more knowledge before you make a purchase, right? 
So, oh, yeah, 100%. So podcasting is that opportunity. Uh, someone may have an interest in the topic or think they do and begin listening, and the process of discovery uh, uh, occurs. So uh, you have to do it often, get out and meet the people. I always tell the authors to think locally, to begin a groundswell, people around. You're a celebrity now. You're a published author. You ought to be in your local newspaper radio, television, stations, any way that you can uh, let the public know that uh, you're there and you've achieved this level of accomplishment and uh, ha- having books available for purchase on various topics or just for fun is something to be celebrated. And congratulations. I know that your children, your wife, must be very proud, supportive of all the work that you've been doing. Yeah, I really do appreciate you having me on here. And uh, the last thing that I want to say is uh, for the folks is, um, you know, definitely check out the book at thewhitehouseisfake.com. If you want to meet me or come see me, come talk to me. Uh, my next uh, book signing event is actually in New Hampshire, the Red Hook Brewery. It's Beers and Book, April 15th, 2 to 6 p.m., Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Come see me, come find me, come get my book, come talk to me. And let's give a warm welcome also to the cast that assisted you in creating these videos, right? Absolutely. The video big, big round of applause to everyone who's helped out. And uh, there's, I, I don't know how many, about a dozen, I guess, or more. And uh, you, you have their image and their names, and you've recognized them. And that's what a great compliment, a team. You know, that's what it takes, right? A team of people working together on a common objective. So congratulations on on assembling this 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 uh, staff of people, and we can't wait for, for the next release. So what is the big date? This is uh, what a March of 2018, so what are we looking at for your next book? Well, so we're filming June and July. We're going to have people in authentic Navy uh, jumper outfits on the battleship. Wow. Um, so that film's going to be June, July. Probably get it out there prior to the book. Um, so I'd say August, September, we'll probably have the films out. I'd probably say late November, December, the book will come out this year. Well, you'll have to come back. Oh, I'll be here. You'll have Absolutely. to come back and uh, tell us where we are, and, and we'll have a big party for you. And and I'm sure that you'll have a big party, too. You know, I think that's important to celebrate <laughs> that victory and have the book signing party and invite as many people as can come to it. So uh, enjoy uh, all of the yet to happen in, in 2018. And uh, so before I let you go, anyone out there on planet Earth you'd like to say hello to or closing remarks for our listeners? Yeah, thanks. for Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me on the show. And I've had a great time. Uh, shout out to the friends, families, listeners watching or, or rather listening worldwide. And um, that's all I got. So thanks again for having me. And thank you, audience, for sharing our content with everyone you know. Have fun with the broadcast. See you next time.